Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. The five tantras of enterprise agility which emerged from real coaching, business and consulting experiences of PM Power Consulting, authored by Paramukuramathur, only meant a sequel was a matter of time. So when co-author and former colleague of mine, Shivaguru, asked if I'd be the host for a podcast on the new book, I jumped at the chance. In this conversation, the three co-authors of A Practitioner's Guide to Enterprise Agility J. Veera Raghavan, Paramu and Shivaguru share their experiences around the process of creating this piece of work and what embodies its essence, working with their individual styles and ideas, especially for which PM Power is a powerhouse and how it eventually all came together. Apparently, a trio of authors makes for the perfect book recipe. They tell listeners not only about what the practitioner's guide is, but also how it enables enterprises on their agility path practically with converting philosophies of the five tantras using tried and tested tools and practices backed by over 15 years of PM Power experience. Listen to this episode of the Software People Stories podcast. This special episode of Software People Stories is a special for more than one reason. First, this is not a normal interview or a conversation about the story of one individual. Rather, this is a story of a book. A book that I had the opportunity to be a co-author. The book brings together the collective and the cumulative experience of all PM Power coaches. And this is about the backstory. I'm also happy that uh, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, Chitra, is going to be talking to the three of us authors and uh, get probably some of her curiosity satisfied, which I'm sure would be interesting for you as well. Because we did go through a lot of learning and a lot of small things that needed to be taken care of and attended to in the making of this book in itself, I'm sure is an interesting story for this episode. Listen on. So, good morning and a very warm welcome to the co-authors of A Practitioner's Guide to Enterprise Agility. Uh, as a former PM Parian and a friend of PM Power Consulting, I am honored and I look forward to this conversation with the three authors. So, very warm welcome to you all. Thank you, Chitra. Morning, Chitra. Thank you. It's nice catching up with you after a long time. Likewise, likewise, Devi. Morning, Chitra. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, Parmu. Uh, And I think I'm going to fire the first salvo, if it was, to you, Parmu. This, like uh, all of us are nicely addicted to OTT simply because there are sequels, sequels, and prequels and prequels to the sequel and so on. So, how was this? For you, 
writing. How tough was it or how different was it from the previous two books that you uh, wrote? Or you helped anchor, if I be. Okay, the, the first book was slightly different. It's more on project management, right? And program management. So that, that's slightly different from, from these two books. Well, this book is really, I won't call it a sequel, really. No, a sequel is a, a continuation of a story, right? For, for example, you know, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. And sometimes these sequels are better than the, the original, right? Or Star Wars 1 and Star Wars 2, right? But this is not, uh, uh, this is not really a sequel in that sense. It's more of a an explanatory or a, or, or a, a, a application-oriented are creating an application out of the previous book, right? So it's not really a sequel, right? So, but if you look at my uh, other book, first Iron, I started writing the second Iron. It's not reached anywhere yet, right? But that sequel is 2000 years apart. First happens in 6000 BC, second in 4000 BC, right? But even then, it's still a sequel because it's uh, the, the, like some of the characters are, you know, uh, 60th generation of. <laughs> the previous uh, book, right? But here it's the same characters, and what they say. I was just looking at uh, uh, some uh, some website. What they say is that uh, a sequel. You should always introduce a new character in every sequel. There should be a new bang on character, right? But we didn't have a new character in the sequel. They are the same characters, right? But doing different things. And looking at the outcomes and talking about their failures and their successes. So actually, yeah, so this is, so writing a sequel is actually very interesting because uh, for one thing, you get to uh, to expand on what you did before, right? Yeah, so this was the experience, I think, in writing this sequel, yeah. Thanks, Parumu. When I briefly glanced through the book, I will confess that I haven't fully read it. Uh, it gave me a sense of familiarity, which is very similar to what I experienced when I watched sequels of favorite, uh, uh, you know, TV shows. Is the sense of familiarity with the characters I feel is important, especially to a book like this, right. and uh, uh, it forms a nice companion to the previous book, which is Five Tantras of Agility. So I really hope that people uh, pick both of them together and then look at them sort of parallelly when when uh, they are embarking on their agility journey. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, JV, then mm -hmm. why, why did this book come to be, you know, when the five tantras were already discussed as part of enterprise agility? Question. Basically, five tantras operated at a philosophy values level. If you really look at it uh, for an enterprise, I mean, if you really look at the Agile Manifesto in some way, um, it's applicable to more like teams and programs, uh, you know, especially software delivery programs. That's the kind of uh, stuff that Agile Manifesto uh, came to be you know, associated with. Uh, we felt that we needed to take it slightly higher from an organizational perspective. And that's, that's why we came up with this uh, thing called our uh, PM Power Manifesto, right? And this manifesto is somewhat similar to the Agile manifesto in the sense that you know we kind, kind of had a 
left side and the right side and said the left side uh, no items are much more important than the right side and that's a that's a kind of stuff that we came up with and those we called as five tantras or five values uh, basically the five values are you know customer outcome focus self organization uh, transformation leadership uh, experimentation and learning and and lean thinking we said these are five really important values from an organization perspective and uh, uh agile manifesto while i address something for software delivery teams we needed to take this up to an enterprise level and that's where these five values came in so what the first book did was to you know uh, explain these values what the values meant uh for example how you can detect deviation from these values uh and broadly not talked about how you can address those deviations that's that's how we actually looked at the first book so then we realized that you know uh, there were no details for people who actually wanted to take them forward from an implementation perspective and this is where uh, you know the sequel or not the sequel the way that parmo described it. the second book this book came in we said that uh, we need to get into implementation and this is where there was a lot of debate what kind of approach we needed to take you no know, should it be the same organization you no know, all that kind of stuff lot of debate especially being co-authors we had our own you know views and points of opinion and things like that we must have debated you know endlessly the first 6 months looked like we almost gave up we said no you may not come up with this book at some point in time we even thought that you know the book may not see the light of the day uh, but anyway i think uh, good that uh, we were able to come to a conclusion after about two or three iterations so we actually said we will take the stakeholders as the primary focus look at their outcomes and look at indicators for those outcomes and then figure out what practices would be necessary for achieving those outcomes and tools and techniques and this we kind of you know kind of mapped on to the values the five tantras so basically these practices spawn those tantras that's the way that we have actually described this so in that sense the combination of book 1 and book 2 i mean when i say the first one which is the enterprise agility you know five tantras and the practices that we talk about here the combination of these two should actually be a you know reasonably complete uh, book uh, for an organization that actually wants to go agile uh, the right way from from all angles from you know implementation as well as from a leadership and culture and those kinds of perspectives nice devi thanks you actually uh, very nicely brought in a segue into the next question So for me, when I glanced through the book, and I did a sort of a rapid read twice. So once I did the usual top to bottom, and the second time I did bottoms up, and uh, then you know, sort of navigated the book uh, the way I felt uh, most comfortable, mm-hmm. and I detected familiar patterns in the book, which is basically signatures of each one of y'all. Uh, I think simply by virtue of having Known y'all and worked with y'all. The question to you, Shiv, is how? Although Jayvi alluded to some of it in uh, what he just said, how easy or difficult was it to actually bring it all together? Yeah, it was a very interesting learning experience. Writing a book had been a dream for me for a long time, but never knew how to get started or whether whatever I write. will fit into the format of a book and so on so in a way this sequel instead of introducing new characters i guess parmo introduced new authors or co-authors 
so like JV said, it did take some time for us to kind of converge on a similar or a more congruent tone, I would say. Uh, while each one of us had our uh, thoughts on how we can do that, and our thoughts have also evolved based on the collective experience of PM Power. It is not just what you know, Paramu, JV or I had to say. Because many of the contributions you might be able to relate to as you go through the book, probably something that you had also created at some point of time. right? It is over a period of many years what we collected. But I think for me, um, the different perspectives that each one of us took uh, kind of became the strength. Uh, the loose analogy for me is that um, just like you have the office productivity suites, Paramu is like the visionary. He has the vision, he's able to describe, he's able to articulate, create scenes and all that, which is more like, let's say, a PowerPoint or a, a slideshow. Okay. And then JV has uh, this knack of uh, explaining things in a very simple way. And all the practices and making it practical, the connecting bridges, all the word, the word element. And then for me, it was more about, okay, very specific things. Can we just say a few bullets and be done with it rather than writing sentences? So it's, it's more like Excel or a spreadsheet saying, just put everything there, put the facts there together. So when um, we kind of fell into those kinds of aspects, I think it all kind of fell in place much easier. But still, we did have to go back and forth right, to make sure that we don't uh, actually say contradictory things. It may not be contradicted in the outset, but a divergent view also might appear contradictory. So that way, I think it was a good experience to take different perspectives, meld them together, and then come up with something that uh, is a companion to the earlier book. In fact, uh, Chitra, I wanted to add one perspective there. Uh, uh, no, one area we debated quite heavily, and of course, this was brought up by one of the other you know, PM Power reviewers. Uh, now, we talk about uh, loyalty in the book, right? We talk about customer loyalty. We also talk about employee loyalty. And while customer loyalty may be a little bit you know, more acceptable you know, when we talk about today's context, there's a big question about whether we should even talk about employee loyalty, right? In in today's, you know, especially the, the Gen Z crowd and and the way the organizations change and evolve and, and things like that, you know, especially the the VUCA world, the tuna world, whatever. Things are changing so much. You know, is, is loyalty as important? Uh, we debated heavily. I mean, this, this is not one point that we converged on easily. Uh, but finally, we said we will go with what we believed in. And we, still, we stuck our neck out and said, you know, employee loyalty adds value to an organization. You know, it's for the audience to comment on this anyway. But, but it's an interesting, you know, area that we debated quite heavily and had divergent opinions on. Uh, I wouldn't have expected otherwise, TV. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that was uh, that is one of the things that really defines the essence of PM Power. Uh, I think I I see unison in terms of how to uh, embody value principles and practices and the relationships between them, uh, and that that uh, that very strongly. Uh, has that underlying template through this book. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I would expect uh, nothing less than the uh, coming together of so much diversity, which truly enriches the book. 
in my opinion. Mm. Uh, although I I did notice one thing which I thought I should call out. Parumu, from your uh, previous two books, uh, I noticed a subtle shift in the uh, manner in which dialogues were happening. Uh, and I will definitely look forward to another book because of that. Because I'm very curious to see how, and, and I see some sort of, uh, uh, you know, I, for the lack of a better phrase, an, an evolution of thought in terms of your style of writing and how it's coming together. Uh, this book, I think, leaves people with a lot to think about. Uh, it is not directly prescriptive. Uh, that's what I really like. Uh, and it certainly provokes a lot of thinking. Uh, that and, and it also gives you the tools to do it. So it doesn't kind of leave you hanging, but it gives you the tools to do it. Uh, and I really hope uh, it sees a lot of success in, in corporates. So, um, Chitra, you asked about this uh, uh, book continuity and another book, etc. Actually, uh, uh, we were actually talking about this. Now, PM, uh, PM Power has been active in three or four main areas, right? One was programming project manager, other is agile. A third is leadership. Right now, we are in leadership. And another one at, at a horizontal level in coaching. Right? So the next book that we are looking at writing is on leadership. So we are taking the Wonderful. Four, four dimensions of leadership that PM Power has defined. Right? And then bringing in these, again, these five tantras. Right? And then creating a book on this. So myself, Krishna Prasad and Gopalan are in, uh, looking at writing that book. Awesome. Yeah. I would really uh, look forward to that. And, and the last book is one on coaching, right? Oh, okay. So you get all the experience of coaching from PM Power and put that as a book. So these are the, so that should kind of complete the, uh, what PM Power has been doing right now. Right? PM Power and an author's roadmap. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Future, future plans as well. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, one uh, point which I wanted to add to JV when you said uh, actually when I looked at loyalty I said what is this did they you know do an about turn and start talking about all these e-commerce like companies and talk about customer loyalty and brand loyalty and all of that stuff and then when I noticed employee loyalty uh, something actually struck me in the last uh, two years I've predominantly been working with Gen Z and uh, it means it actually means a lot to them to uh, feel needed and belong. Uh, it is there. Uh, okay. While they do thrive in, um, you know, digital realms, like, which, which is a little hard, perhaps, for even someone like me to uh, understand, uh, there is a very important uh, need to belong. So I think I'm going to go back and actually look um, deeper into how y'all have treated the whole uh, employee loyalty and see how that plays out. Uh, because I definitely see that a lot. And uh, there is a need uh, in them to, um, you know, look out and uh, talk to people about their experiences, especially seasoned uh, folk. I see a lot of my son's uh, uh, you know, a batchmate who are all working, 
coming back and talking to my husband and me about, you know what, this happened. You know what, that happened. Uh, I didn't make the mistake, but the production server crashed. You know, what do I do? And uh, it's like reliving our lives all over again. So there's that need to, you know, either have somebody to listen to who you think has been through it, like a coach, like a mentor. Uh, so I'm very curious to go back and see what that whole aspect meant. Can I add something about uh, one difference that I felt in writing this book? Mm. That, there are these two fellows with me, right? So, uh, and that made a very big difference. Because normally, if I were writing it alone, mm. I'd give it editing to somebody, uh, reading it to, to somebody, etc. But they're not fully invested in it. But right now, the, the, top, the topmost editor of, uh, auditor of PM Power, Shivaguru, himself is completely invested in this. And the topmost brain of PM Power, JD, also mm. invested in this. So it made a very big difference. So that, so the, these two guys, I mean, so that, that's why I said, and so then I write, we get more and more people in. So yeah. then, uh, their thoughts actually come. Certainly, Parmo. I'm also seeing a lot of people uh, pursuing that path and uh, uh, we'll talk to you more about it after this conversation. Uh, I want to shift focus to JV and ask you, JV, you know, are there practices that you've discussed in this book based on any particular model? Where are they coming from? So one thing, when we wrote the book, we were very clear. We wanted it to be model agnostic. Right, we didn't want to prescribe a specific model. So uh, the whole idea was we wanted to bring in some good practices, good practices for organizations to adopt, tools, techniques, and so on. Uh, obviously, context will will matter. So when when we get to a specific organizational context, you now the practices might might change a little bit. But we picked these practices from two primary sources. One is our own consulting engagements, right? When we consult with organizations, while we actually help them from a philosophy, value perspective, internalization perspective, we also help them with some practices, right? Based on our own experience. Second source of input for this was actually our own customers and some of the other organizations that we surveyed. Uh, from their own context perspective, what are some practices that work for them for achieving the outcomes. These are successful organizations, right? Uh, you know, in a customer sense or an employee sense and so on and so forth. We actually surveyed them to figure out what practices made them uh, a successful organization from an employee perspective or a customer perspective and so on. And I think a combination of these two, we picked uh, a certain number of practices, 34 in this case. But there are quite a few, you know, that we may not have addressed. There are quite a few that organizations may be doing now, which, you know, they may not find in the book. But but these are, in our opinion, uh, a set of good practices for customer focus, employee focus, and what the management should look at, management leadership should look at for ensuring they are successful, you know, profitable, and so on and so forth. So that's that's the way we looked at it. Uh, and, and I believe that that's probably what uh, you know, our audience wants. They're not looking at a specific recommendation of a model because I think there are lots of consultants who can actually do that. Uh, because I believe that model uh, uh, specific, I mean, recommendation should be based on a context. We should go to an organization, figure out what they're doing, and then say what model works for them. So we, we didn't want to take that approach. Thanks, Devi. In fact, uh, as you were talking, 
And I think this is uh, also somewhere coming from the space of my experiences over the last two, three years. I see, um, I know that PM Power largely has worked with uh, large enterprises in the software development space. But I also see that there is significant takeaway for smaller companies um, in different uh, business, across different business verticals. Today, everybody is touched by tech. So whether you like it or not, you are, like Shiv says, creating it, consuming it, or uh, being influenced and impacted by it in many ways, whether it's through digital transformations, whether uh, although you are fundamentally in a non-tech space, you are relying a lot on technology to help run your business and so on. Uh, is there something that uh, uh, I'll first ask this question to Shiv and then back to Devi, you think that smaller companies can take away from this book? Absolutely. See, the uh, principles of agility are not limited by the size of an organization. Whether it is at a team level, when you want to build, let's say, a scalable solution, everything has to scale. It's not only the, the, let's say, if it is a software solution, it is not only about the architecture and how it does that. But the moment you have more customers, you will need to support them more. The moment you want to go and acquire customers across regions, there are going to be cultural adaptations and stuff like that, which again would be a kind of a, a shift in the scale of thinking, even at an individual level. So what we've tried to do here, uh, just to add to what JV said uh, in answer to your earlier question on models, is that um, you might have heard that uh, all models are wrong, but some models are more useful. So that is what we've tried to convey here saying that there are these models available, these practices available, and these are the principles that you can use to compose you know, your system. And particularly for small organizations, we see that when they go through their S-curve, after the point of inflection, when they get to, say, the points of stagnation, they have to, let's say, you know, creatively destruct whatever they have built or they need to do and look at some things different. So the the principles and the practices by themselves are not limited, so they are scalable, but we need to interpret it in the context. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, all of the practices that we have talked about you know, are based on you know, philosophies and principles. Uh, so it, you need to look at that for your own context and see how you apply that. For example, we talk about co-creating solutions with your customers. I don't think it matters only for large organizations, right? Even for small and medium-sized organizations, how do you work with your own you know, customers or uh, you know, prospects and so on and so forth to create solutions that work for them? I, I, many of these practices are actually applicable for, for organizations that are, uh, you know, the, where size is not, not a major issue, major, major constraint. Yes, I certainly see that. And in fact, I think it brings about a sense of uh, discipline. And I think somewhere in the book, uh, it mentions, I don't remember the exact point, that the more you practice, the more you're able to, or apply the practices, the more you're able to see something that's working or not, and then recalibrate. Either you uh, look at different measures or 
different areas but the i think the essence is to to keep with the practice as we say isn't it so overall in terms of uh, individual experiences uh, what did it feel like to each one of you while writing this book parthu do you want to start Well, I, I mean, uh, this is my fourth, uh, the fifth book that I've, I'm going to publish, right? So for me, it's I mean, it's a, it's a it's a normal day as it were, right? Except that you know I had to kind of uh, take the uh, input from uh, two people who are my co-authors much more uh, seriously than I have otherwise done, because. in other books if it's my own writing i can do what i want i can decide on what should go and what should not go in but in this it's not that's not the case right? i have to actually make sure that all three of us are in sync before something goes in because all three are putting our names onto the book right so that is one of the main differences right? so we have to make sure that everybody so even practices or tools etc if somebody says that's not a good tool then we have to take it out right so so that's one one difference from writing writing it alone right so that that is uh, yeah that's it in fact were there points in time where you felt like you know what i think to hell with all of this i'm just going to write it all by myself so how did you if you felt that way what did you do to no, I, i think all of us would have felt that it's not just me or ship all of us because we all have our own points of view right yeah. and we want to just get it out there right so all of us would have felt that in fact there are many places where they say that if you ask individuals uh, how, how much what percent you contributed to the writing of the book and you add the three percentages it will be more than 100% right so so because we all feel that we have contributed a lot right yeah so but it, now it's, it's actually it's it's a common thing that's working right it's a combined effort that finally brought the book out so yeah so that's a big difference a big Difference in experience that I felt from writing the other books. Yeah, okay. So, Shiv, hmm. how about you? Yeah, in a way, uh, yeah. This is my first attempt at a serious book writing. So, one big shift for me was in terms of thinking. I'm. Uh, I used to write a lot of blogs, which are much short form content. Some long form content is also not more than probably ten, twelve pages at a time. and uh, like uh, you know, parmu said and what you asked definitely adjusting to the pace of the others now sometimes you want to go fast sometimes you are blocked you just can't move and they're saying no no why is there why is this not done yet no it, it does feel at times a little uh, you know like a lost cause initially but then once you get over that initial thing once there is that convergence uh, then we could also appreciate you know what things could be there and different perspectives one example i can cite is uh, you know the um, conversations we had on how do you define or explain you know, efficiency and effectiveness right uh, so we had expressed it in our own terms at least in jv and myself then when we put it together and read it we thought that it may probably confuse people uh, because these were two different ways of looking at things so ultimately what uh, rules is how cogently the messages are conveyed and then how people are able to take things from it so we decided to keep one and drop the other but that is again a collective decision 
because it is not that uh, it is wrong or right. These are two different ways of looking at it. And since people are going to put these practices together, they need to have things that are having a kind of a, a, a common interface, so to say. Otherwise, the pieces will not fit together. So that was one learning for me that uh, when you create something, it has to be in the context of the larger experience or the larger value that you are creating as a team. And of course, having these periodic sync ups and then taking, uh, okay, dividing up the work also kind of helped. Though we did take some time on the tool side, you know, how do we make sure do we write individual documents, merge them together, work on the same document, you kind know, of small, small things, but they do make a difference in terms of uh, you know, being able to search, put it together and all that. Devi, what, what was it like for you? I was given to understand that you were also the product owner of this whole endeavor. Not at all first. Has its own challenges because, you know, in some sense, I think trying to understand, you know, put the whole thing together, figuring out uh, mapping and linkages, right? That was probably the biggest challenge for me, right? We were talking about different things. We were mentioning names of tools somewhere, practices somewhere. Uh, we were even, you know, kind of giving them, you know, uh, labels for it. Are we using the right labels? You know, we change the labels a few times, making sure that the labels, you know, were consistent across the book. And, and I'm hoping that with all the yeah. numbers that you have talked about, 34 practices and what, 16 or 17 tools and so many cross-referencing across the book. I'm hoping that we have been able to now ensure that there is consistency across the book, but but that was a that was one challenge as a product owner. Uh, second thing was I think more to do with uh, you know uh, how do we structure this book because we were taking it from the previous book right in some sense. Uh, so do we start with the tantras and then start writing practices around the tantras? That's that's the first thought process that we had. Then we said that may not be a good idea, and then we debated multiple approaches. Uh, Parabo, you know. Uh, knowing that he's actually good in writing, was so kind to actually rewrite. He wrote one, one version of the book for almost what, 80 to 100 pages or something like that. And then we said, that's not a good approach. Then he had to redraw some of the diagrams and things like that. Uh, almost start from scratch. You know, when we decided we'll go from outcomes to practices. So, you know, we, we, we did some, some, you know, reasonable amount of work in the beginning. So uh, that's why it took slightly longer than we actually thought. We actually wanted to come out with this book almost six months earlier than we actually have come out with. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a great, le great learning. I mean, if I really look at it, uh, I, I think it's difficult to author. Paramu would say that, but it's even more difficult to co-author, right? Uh, because we need to make sure that you know our writing styles, thought process, kind of merge in some way so that it makes sense for the reader. You no, know, the reader shouldn't get completely off guard with reading, you know, portions of the book, right? So that was a fair amount of challenge. But in the end, I think uh, you know, the, the role Paramo played was very crucial. Uh, I think uh, starting with that organization, you know, the fictitious organization that we used in the previous book, and ensuring that we had a good, nice story around that. Uh, and this time we had a limerick for every, you know, every division, every section or every division or every chapter, right? Previous time we had a good, nice story you know, from the Panchatantra kind of tales. Yeah. This time we chose the limerick approach 
we wanted to be different and uh, paramo's expertise in limericks actually you know i think it had the right dose of right dose. fun to uh, the book because my absolutely. second read was just the limerick absolutely absolutely so so that and of course yeah, I, had I, I, I must say i was constrained <laughs> in writing the limericks for this <laughs> because of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so on the whole i think on the whole it was a good good experience i mean i i think uh, uh, we are we're all uh, you know richer with that experience so yeah, hopefully in fact, in fact seven eight months ago twitter was trending with uh, everyone writing limericks and uh, there is a senior government official vivek debroy who writes limericks and has encouraged many to write so if you respond on his twitter handle with limerick uh, i can assure you you'll get a response wow so parvo you have you have okay. you have probably you can take twitter to do that to limericks allowed all kinds of limericks allowed from whatever i've read on the now x handle so okay But the other thing I also noticed, Devi, and while you were talking and listening to the number of iterations that uh, you know you all have uh, put this book through, uh, one thing that stood out from the previous books was the uh, sheer simplicity and clarity in the diagram. When I looked at the various schemas, that was the next thing I did. Right, I went and looked at the pictures because I'm quite a visual person, and I said each one of them. Actually, can be like a an Instagram post by itself. Right? It carries enough uh, weightage and meaning to stand on their own. Uh, so, I wanted to call that out as uh, it was really well done. So, thank you, thank you. Thanks. We hope so, the readers find it as interesting. Uh, <laughs> we look forward to you know hearing a lot of inputs because yeah. we, we were we were happy to come out with this, and you know we we do believe that you no. Know, the uh, the customers our customers our partners whoever you no know, uh, looks at who has looked at the previous book certainly would love to get this book and and uh, you no know, learn a little bit more in fact i noticed that uh, you had several people writing as part of the forward uh, looks like you did uh, include many people as part of the uh, pre release review uh, and i see that from the sheer numbers Uh, looks like many people, many more people have actually read the book and uh, posted their points of view about it. Uh, what what did you sense from some of those? Did did people actually share what they see in terms of the potential of this book? What what did they say? We had good comments from three or four that we you know at least three or four stood out. Um, so i think uh, you know the, the key theme was a lot of them looked at uh, you know this is a good set of uh, uh, you know practices that any organization can actually you know use uh, and i think weaving it through the the organization experience story which many people can relate to many organizations can actually relate to the fictitious organization that we have brought up i mean this is this is fictitious but we do know that you know uh, one or two companies that we have worked with actually have i mean at least similar kind of whether it's product line or their experience and so on and so forth so there is there is some similarity with uh, you know with, with some of the organizations that we have worked with 
and that's really what you know brought this you know uniqueness with the book right how do you actually relate the experience of an organization to what we are talking about so i think uh, you know overall we, we felt good about the feedback that we received from the especially three or four key people who reviewed the book that's senior nice level functions yeah that's nice to hear Uh, uh, all the reviewers actually read the book. That's important. They actually seem to have read the book, and they have gone into details of little things inside. So that's good. Yeah, that's that's why I I sort of asked this question. I wanted to see if there was something else that would emerge. And uh, so, with so many years of coaching and consulting and engaging with different organizations, are there any uh, stories that or any experiences that stand out? Y'all as coaches, which uh, found their way in this book, you find them sprinkled across, because uh, this is not uh, limiting to one organization. Uh, so all the five tantras are we've seen both the patterns as well as anti-patterns. When someone says I'm doing lean, many times the focus is only on let's say cost cutting. or trying to reduce something and then uh, say investment in tools could get a hit saying oh why should we pay so much okay let us you know do with something else maybe add a few more people etc which may be okay in the short run but in the long run when they want to scale or when they want to look at complete automation across the life cycle etc they again find that a lot of effort that they thought they saved you know had to be spent or the other thing about uh, we do say in you know, the leadership by example or what leader should do and how they should uh, uh, enable autonomy it's not that they say that give you autonomy again we've seen many patterns that have worked well uh, because of either individual styles or as a culture in an organization we find that some organization are very welcoming to people in the groups promoting diversity etc so i wouldn't say that it is based on any one organization but uh, yeah many such things were what uh, have come into the book now we have drawn from 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 our oldest organization tata baros also and put that in this book you know things like people going overseas and quitting and some of those things yeah. actually come from our old organization so yeah there are so all all our organ from digital or uh, from I'm sure JV and Shiva gotten from their HCL novel. Yeah, and you still see those people patterns today. Right. Uh, I don't think it's that significantly different. You do see a lot of it today right. as well. JV, how about you? I think uh, what I personally liked about, um, I mean, uh, the feedback also. You no, know, one of the feedback that I forgot to mention about is. i think the approach that we took in writing the in the book right uh, that's probably unique uh, uh, it 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 kind of stuck very well started with our stakeholders all the key stakeholders customers associates and you know shareholders looked at outcomes for each one of them then looked at specific indicators that will actually you know uh, you know actually satisfy those outcomes or can measure those outcomes We looked at practices, then tools and techniques, and all the way linking all of them, right? So, uh, and this linkage has actually brought out with pictures and things like that through our appendices in the book. So, uh, it's a good reference, you know, uh, book 
for anybody who wants to implement it. One is there is a you know, good, nice team around the book. You can read like a story for an organization. But then it's also a good reference book. In some sense, a handbook of you know, how do you actually uh, you know, go through for an organization, starting from your stakeholders, key stakeholders to you know, down to the brass tacks in terms of implementation. What are some of the ways that you can actually do that? You know, something may be slightly different for a context, but the, the steps and the way that you go ahead with go through this whole process actually come out very well. And I think uh, that was somewhat unique. And one of the uh, reviewers actually brought this out, saying that this is very unique and you know, a good learning for him. This is a coach, person who's actually an expert coach in the industry, who felt this is a very nice way of illustrating the book. So that was personally satisfying. Thanks, One David. secret formula ingredient probably we can't understate that is uh, you know the chemistry among the co-authors. Uh, the fact that uh, we all pretty much started our careers together more than four decades ago. We were together, then we went our own ways, and then we kind of came together. All that was such a safe space. So while there were differences of opinion and everything else, you know, we could share that easily and we knew that we were all working towards a common cause. So I think the the collective myth, just when I'm saying this, I it looks wow that you know, this book is written by people with a collective experience over 100 years, right? <laughs> uh, now seeing the IT industry go through you know, decades of shifts and, uh, and trying to put that together, I think uh, that was also a big contributor in terms of uh, making sure that you know, there is a consistent uh, you know, storyline that uh, came through. I think, Shiv, you brought out such a, a beautiful point. And uh, uh, I love the reference to a safe space. Because one thing I noticed in the style of this book was, you know, Vishnu Sharman actually coming back and the company welcoming him there and giving him the support to uh, document his journey and uh, you know giving him the uh, support to to make this whole thing happen i do hope uh, uh, companies that adopt both the books i actually see them very much going in tandem um, then see this also as a way to share their experiences and for that i think uh, the the creation of safe spaces which i think is truly a hallmark more than ever today uh, in terms of leadership, uh, that can give rise to, I think, it can it can really channelize innovation, it can drive, I think it can drive company growth. So many things can happen. If people get a sense of, hey, I can do this, and I know I'll be supported in doing whatever it is I want to. I can find my community, I can find my tribe, and we can together, you know, create something really magical. So, uh, yeah. I agree. I, if you can build a community that can actually do that, yeah, uh, nothing like it. That would be the, in my opinion, the biggest contribution that PM Power would have made uh, from all the efforts that, that have gone into all the books that have been created and yeah. likely to be created in the future as well. So the whole idea is to build, get the community together, share, and and we build a a great industry. That's really what what the the intent of all of us is. So hopefully it does happen. Nice, Devi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Chitra. Chitra for uh, helping us 
pause and reflect. We never uh, reflected this way. We were just running to meet the deadline. Yeah, and now that the book is there, yeah, thanks for your insightful questions and also letting us think how it uh, kind of a quick replay of how the last uh, more than a year has been. Thank you, Sivan. All the best for the book. This book is ready to be launched. And there is a formal launch event happening at the Bangalore International Center on the 17th of February. That is Saturday between 5 and 8 p.m. followed by high tea. If you would like to participate, join us, meet us in person. We would love to have you. Please contact podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. See you there. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.